0: Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show. Today we have Danielle Fitzpatrick Clark, and I think I got it right.
1: Yes, you did. Good.
0: <laughs> awesome. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Me as well. It's going to be a great show, and we're going to let you know why it's a great show because we're going to start off with who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. So I do a couple of things. I think we were talking before hand too, and um, I podcast as well. And I'm also the CEO and founder of influence builder and influence builder is a digital marketing agency. We also do influencer marketing. Um, We do PR and podcast placements. So we basically we help people build powerful platforms and be influential on those platforms. So (laughs) if I was to sum it up, that's what we do. So that's our niche within digital marketing. Um, And I also have a podcast called light at the end of the funnel. We're just launching season two today. Actually, I'm dropping the first episode today, um, and so that will go for a couple of months, and then I'm launching a new one next month called "Minds of the Mighty." So, I'm really excited about that one because it's it's all it's all around that resilient mindset, and you know how to how how to really dig deep in whatever it is that you're doing. Whether you're an entrepreneur, you own um, you own a big company or, you know, you're a professional athlete or you strive to be a professional athlete or a celebrity, all those things. It takes, it takes a resilient mindset to do amazing things in the world. So that's what that's going to be about.
0: Love that. Love that. Now, now there's so many ways I want to go here. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things that, um, yeah, because you usually want to get a bit of history. Like, why did you get into digital marketing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So it's not my degree. Um, Without aging myself too much, there wasn't, digital marketing degrees, when I went to college, there was communication degrees. And everybody made fun of them because it was like the cop out degree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Hey, I mean, not now, right? Everyone's like, yeah, communications is so important, especially digital. Um, I actually got a degree in environmental science. So I'm a scientist with a very specific concentration on soil and water science. So I'm a soil scientist. So I like to dig and I used to dig in the dirt all the time. Um, And that's Where i started and funny enough you wouldn't think that that would come into play with where i ended up going which was digital marketing but digital marketing and marketing in general is very methodical and so as a scientist you're always looking for methodologies you're always looking for um, procedures and systems and all those things and so when when i started to jump into digital marketing i actually started as a copywriter and i was writing copy for companies that were launching businesses online so they were not just needing it for email copy they were using it for sales pages they were using it for website and what i really started to get interested in is the process of okay so i'm writing email copy and sending people to this sales page with these nurture emails um, then going to this website and all those things so i like i really wanted to understand the customer journey when they came in and read the first piece of copy that I was writing. Um, And with the companies I was working with, they're really busy. So like, hey, do you think you can figure out how to do a sales funnel? Or do you think you can figure out how to build a website? I'm like, I can give it a shot. You know, I like to get my hands dirty. So let's jump in. And and so that was that was really how I started with digital marketing. And I just kept building skill set on top of skill set on top of skill set. Um, And because, because I was in all areas of building an online business, a digital marketing agency was born, right? So I've been doing this for 16 years.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, I started off in the marketing industry as well. Um, I had mine in, uh, well, technically I started in 19, oh God, I'm aging myself for real. Um, 1998 (laughs) or 99, something like that. I had my first one that I did was between 1999 and 2001. And then uh, I restarted again, end of 2001, and went all the way to to the end of 2007. Yeah, I sold that one there. It was doing eight figures a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it was uh, my protege, for lack of a better description. Yeah, nice. It's interesting because, here, I'll give you a short story if you don't mind. Um, When I got into it, websites were kind of there not there. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like half the people believed that websites were great. Mm-hmm. The other half of the people thought the internet was going to crash.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I was kind of halfway in between. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I didn't think the internet was going to crash, mm-hmm. but I also didn't think the websites were that important. Yeah. And uh, so I remember one day, like two things happened. One, one, the guy calls me up and he's trying to make a deal. Oh, well, let's trade uh, for, uh, you know, I'll, I'll trade you. I'll create your website and build up your platform. And then uh, you trade, you know, and uh, and I'll take print services from you. At first, I thought, okay, you know, I thought I don't have a website. I don't really want one. But mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? Maybe I should get it. It's kind of being forward, right? Like, you know, I got to think future wise, not just stay my old ways. All right, fine. Let's do that. How much? He told me the price.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I threw him out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that guy was on Cracker Jacks. Yeah. Right. Now, do I think he overquoted me? Absolutely. Yeah. And it might have not necessarily overquoted me for what he was going to do. Mm -hmm. might've overquoted me for what I needed. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like as an example, I'm exaggerating this, but it's almost like he quoted me to create a Facebook and I really just needed a company identification page. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it it just didn't align for, and I guess he was trying to get more value, the most value you can possibly get, but Mm -hmm. you know, if I need a, uh, if I need a small SUV to take my stuff around and you're offering me a Ferrari, it's not going to yeah. help me. Yeah. Anyways, I got so angry about that. <laughs> and then later on in the day, and I, I get a phone call and um, somebody was asking for me. And I usually don't take phone calls because I had staff and I, you know, unless I know I need to take it, I tried to not get on the phone. Mm-hmm. Nine out of 10 times, which it about people trying to get discounts. Mm-hmm. I don't really want that conversation or I didn't at that mm-hmm. time. Anyways, I took it. Some reason they thought, and all of a sudden they're talking and, um, I blew up on the guy, mm-hmm. totally blew up on the guy, like yelled my head off, smashed the phone and hung up and told him never to call me again. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was a lack of education. Mm-hmm. And everyone's looking around goes, What the heck happened? What is it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. That guy wanted to SEO me. Because what is that? I go, I don't know. It didn't sound good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, so. You just, you had a day. <laughs> you just had a day that day, didn't you?
0: <laughs> I mean, now I know what it is, but back then it was so early on yeah i thought it was this crazy thing like he's gonna do something to me i didn't know what the hell he was talking about i'm gonna yeah. seo you the hell you are
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh he actually said i'm gonna seo you yeah oh wow wow <laughs> terrible sales conversations going
0: on 100 <laughs> and especially it's not like now we're 20 years in yeah you know what i mean like where everybody knows what, they're, what you're talking about yeah we're talking about like this is close to 2001 where nobody even knew what the hell that was, yeah. you know, what I mean? like so yeah. you call, you know, I call you, I'm going to SEO you, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know, should I call the police? Should I? <laughs> what should I do?
1: It's a great story <laughs> and why it's so important, even in the online space, to to speak the same language that your ideal client does.
0: One hundred percent. So that's the other thing I was alluding to. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and you know, here we are, progression, right? So now marketing is different. Yeah. Right. Totally different. Like, I mean, let's be honest. I go around, I have business cards, but I think I've given out three business cards in the last two years. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? And it's like back then, that was your bloodline.
1: Yeah. They make you buy them at 500 a pop, so you're kind of just like, let, let's let it flow like the money here. Just take it because I've got another 500 at home i got to get rid of.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, well, and, and back in my day, I used to print 5000 at a time, and I would print every year. Put it that way.
1: Yeah. Wow, so you were passing out 5000 Yeah.
0: Yeah, but look at the difference, right? Because yeah. before it was all, you know, it's still belly to belly, but people don't want to carry this stuffing around. Like, I've collected business cards like this, and what do I do? Mm-hmm. I uh, put them into my database and then throw them in the garbage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to hang around with them. What am I going to do with it? They're just occupying my desk.
1: Yeah, or your shoe, or the shoebox beside your desk, right?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So which goes down to the point that where do you want to be? Yeah. In a CRM. Yeah. Right, because that's where people store important contacts. Yep. In their phone and in a CRM. Yep. Some people still want the old traditional business cards, mm-hmm. but not uh, not everybody. Point was, we're handing out a lot less. It's yeah. more of, boop, there you go. You yeah. know what I mean? You scanned it and now you got their information or send it by text.
1: Yeah. You know, it's really, what's really great too, and I don't think people think a lot of this either, but you can, even if somebody gives you the business card, it's going to go into the CRM um, so that you can send them digital assets and uh anything that could nurture them digitally and put that on autopilot but you know I had one of my one of my colleagues asking me this morning like well how do you segment out your people I'm like well I have a I have a scoring system right within my CRM so it's kind of it's automated so I focus more on giving a lot of value and you know using email and text message to send out that value and then letting them decide what's valuable to them and then scoring them based on that and and then automatically segmenting based on what they take activity on. So um, it's, I know some people are like, well, it sounds really robotic. I'm like, well, I mean, it does sound that way, but when you segment, then you can create a better experience for them. One that is more customized to what their needs are and what their wants are. And um, I I love it when that happens. I love it when I'm able to do that. And I love it when somebody does that for, for me right? When, when I'm in their CRM.
0: So, yeah. See, there you go. And you brought up another point, right? Like, look, here, here's what I believe that people don't just, like my era, when I had the marketing business, very simple. How do you get business? 50% off, you yeah. got business, right? Yeah. That was it. <laughs> right? Like, There's there no trick. There's no magic. There's no, uh, you know, social interaction. It's just mm-hmm. like, well, how much are business cards? $100. Today, by today, it's 50% off. <laughs> Can I buy 10 in advance? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Hey, that's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. Today, we're so bombarded with all these messages that you do that 50% off. And yeah, hmm, 50% off. Oh, it'll be like that next year. Yeah. Gone. See ya. Nobody cares. Nobody even looks. And all retailers are doing is that old school method again, mm-hmm. over and over and over and over 50% off, 25% off. Order today and get an additional X amount off. And I'm not saying that discounts are off, but you do it so damn much, you diluted the effect. What ended up happening is now this shirt. Was uh, is a regular thirty dollars, and now it's on sale for fifteen ninety nine. Guess what? When it goes back to thirty dollars, oh, nobody's buying because you've pushed that damn sale so much they no longer even believe that it's a sale. They believe that fifteen ninety nine is the regular price, and they won't buy it until yeah. it's fifteen ninety
1: nine. You know, and then comes in the other the other marketing tactic that's working really well, which is exclusivity. So I don't know if you saw that um, campaign that Payless ran. Did you see that? That no. was oh my goodness. Okay, so Payless Shoe oh, pay, Store. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, I mean that's amazing just for the audience to get an idea of you know what what's happening in the in marketing in the industries like for for retail, um, payless. Came up with a campaign and they changed the name to it sounded i can't remember exactly what it, it sounded french we'll just say that and so high class they used it they used the marketing tactics of exclusivity and a brand name um and then high you know high ticket high price point and people were just coming in and they were paying for these shoes and it was all videotaped and everything um because it was a social experiment and they were paying tons of money for thirty dollars shoes that you could get it payless. And then they, you know, you know, told everybody what they did and like, oh, how embarrassing for but it, I mean that's that's really one of the tactics that people are using too, that exclusivity tactic, that that high ticket, that um the the prosperity piece and so that seems to be working the brand name piece too so it's kind of going the opposite direction instead of like oh cutting the prices now people are starting to see that okay what if we just make it exclusive and brand name and all those things and so that's going to get old too isn't it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well this is the thing right like what they did by creating that exclusivity is they created perceived value. Mm-hmm. And that will never get old. What they did will get old. Yep. But perceived value will not. Because that's what people are looking for. And that's what's been common. You want something that never changed? That's perceived value. Mm-hmm. What's going to change is how you get that. My era, when I started my marketing business, 50% off was perceived value. But you used to have three times a year where you got those specials. Mm -hmm. Boxing Day, I don't even think Black Friday was around back then. There was Boxing Day, Easter special, back to school. Really, that was it. Might be an odd one here and there, so it really was a special. Mm -hmm. Not today, every week they got a new one. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that perceived value diminished. Mm -hmm. Now that exclusivity, I'm it. Look at how special I am. Mm -hmm. Look what I got. I got this somewhere that you can't get. Eventually turns around, you know, look what I got, and the next person, don't give a crap. Right, and what happens? Now, all of a sudden, that's not special anymore. Now, all of a sudden, that won't work anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: there'll be the next one.
1: Yeah, Clubhouse did exclusivity really well um, when they came out because they they would only allow so many users, and then you had to be invited. So, when it comes to like digital marketing, um, you know, just just moving over to that, just because that's where that's where I know my stuff, is that exclusivity can be used in the online space really well. You just have to exactly. make sure that you you're, you're using it, you're sticking with it. Like, so you can't just say it's exclusive. And I, like I said, they're a great example because they were exclusive. They were exclusive to iPhone. So I had to use my iPad to get Clubhouse and start using it before they opened it up. And it took months before they opened it up to, um, you know, to the Samsung and the other, the other types, the droids, right? The Androids. Yep. And so um, that's a good example. And, you know, and I think what they did is they, they spaced it out really well so that they had a lot of people coming in and then they had more people coming in and by the time it wasn't as exclusive anymore people were people were hooked and is everybody still using it well no there's tons of other social media platforms that have come out. Um, but the ones that were getting a lot of value, they're still on it and they're still using it. There's still a lot of people that are using Clubhouse and find that that's, that's their platform. The other thing I've noticed with Clubhouse is that they're very loyal to Clubhouse. Like this is my platform. This is where my people are. This is where I'm staying. So so that not only was it exclusive, but it really built like a brand loyalty for for people who found the most value out of it. So
0: yeah, Yeah, and exactly. Another brand loyal company is Apple.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're buying computers at $3,000. Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't jumped on that bandwagon.
0: <laughs> but it's like, really, what were you smoking that morning?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Not that I should talk. I'm, a, I'm on the Apple platform myself. But like, I mean, when you think of it and you look at it on paper,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's mind blowing. We're not just buying these computers for $3,000 a piece. We're running to get them. hmm like running. I, I think that if you want to win a, a race, tell the person that they got an Apple t- laptop at the end of the race. Don't outrun everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it, I would just maddening. get it and
1: sell it. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I would sell it to the second place person. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just me. I'm just like, I'm like, you know, I, it's not that I'm loyal to one brand or the other. I'm like, whichever one works the best for me within amount of, the amount of time I want it to work. So that's just, but that's me trying out a lot of different things. I'm not, I'm obviously not Apple's, uh, ideal client.
0: <laughs> again, I always believe there's many ways to skin and cat. but I'm just saying like, look at that kind of promo, how loyal that, that that's just brand loyalty. That's loyalty business. That's again, exclusive. People feel exclusive when they own that product. And, and that's what it comes down to. Now, again, even going back to the digital marketing, right? So I, I think where I was going with all this story that took 10 minutes um, <laughs> was that um, things evolve, right? So we went from the old school retail of how that, and now we're evolved. What's today's retail? Let's be honest, Amazon, right? And a lot of stores refuse to adapt. How many stores have online stores now where you can go out and buy online? They promote online now. The stupid magazines that used to get mailed to you are gone, but now they're online and you're getting coupons by email. Email marketing is still one of the best forms of marketing out there. Mm-hmm. And how many people take those coupons, order online, some get shipped to their house, some go to the pickup center. Well, guess what Amazon has now that they never used to have? Pickup centers, right? 24-hour delivery. Remember when Amazon used to be five days? Things evolve. Going to debunk, and this is my belief, and you correct me if I'm wrong, everyone says digital is cheaper. No, digital is not Cheaper. Digital is not cheaper by any stretch. It's cheaper per person, Mm -hmm. but it's not cheaper. Prime example used to send out a thousand brochures. That thousand brochures between print, distribution, and and getting to the customer Mm -hmm. might cost you just say $900. Now, $900, what have you reached? A thousand people. Mm -hmm. But today, that $900 digitally might make you reach 20 to 50,000.
1: Depends. It depends yeah it depends like you know and those are those are kind of the those sorts of conversations with what's cheaper digital versus um like print or any of that i i what i what i would say is that just from experience is that it's just it depends on the industry it depends on the clientele because in some cases digital is just cheaper it just is um but again that depends on like like i'll use the example of my ideal clients i they they're not They're not going to, I can't send them a pamphlet and they're going to hire me. They won't even see it. No, that's not what they're looking for. So if they're looking for, cause you know, especially if I go into like consultants and coaches and fractionals, they're, they're online. So I have to catch them when they're online. That's when they're interested. That's when they're looking for a solution that I offer. Um, but that's not everybody like for, for somebody who owns like a home repair company right and their people i mean their people are looking for you know deals at lowe's or home depot and they're looking at the flyers and that makes more sense so it's it's really more based on industry and where the ideal client is looking for the solution so um i don't think that there's there's right or there's any right or wrong i just think it depends it's just situational
0: well i never said right or wrong Uh, all i'm saying is i don't believe and again, I'm also talking about effectiveness here. Let's, let's let's be frank. A thousand people online is not the same as a thousand people in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, where my point was, I don't believe that you can take a, uh, a what you would do in print. I mean, even the same, and get the same effect with digital without spending the nine hundred and getting the more visual. It is easier to ignore something online and not look than it is to ignore something that you have to throw out. Cause you got that few seconds between grabbing it and throwing out. It doesn't mean any more people are going to be interested, but they have at least seen it where online you can scroll by without even looking. So my yeah. point is to get attention. I think you need to spend yeah. more, you get more people, but you need the more people mm-hmm. to get the same attention is all I'm getting at. And, and that's why I don't think it's cheaper. I think it's easier and I think it's more effective. I just don't think it's cheaper. But then that's been my perspective. And every there's people out there that don't spend a dime online and, and are getting millions of views. Yeah. So that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And it's I mean, I can I can see that point of view too. And and what I tell everybody is that you, you don't you don't have to spend money to get people online. What what you do need is that you need a place. So you need a platform where they're not distracted. Right. Yes. So this is why I think memberships are becoming so hot. I mean, they've been they've been booming for a while, um, but now with all the changes in social media and and we have we have a membership, we have a portal and everything where we take people. And so, do we have to spend money to get these guys into the membership? No, no. Actually, we've we've done really well with word of mouth on the digital space and networking. Um, you know, some of our social social selling tactics have worked really great and. These aren't people that would ever, they wouldn't come to a membership platform any other way, but digital just because that's where they are and that's where we're hosting it. So, like I said, it just, it just depends. It just depends on, you know, the product, the ideal client, the industry, what you're giving them. So, and, and that's, that's kind of the fun of marketing is like, okay, so figuring all, all these little pieces out and it's, and, and I think that marketing is something that the word itself is overused. and broaden like if you know marketing then you know all the things I'm like, no i mean what i do is completely different than marketing digital marketing is a different beast than marketing is um you know when we work with industries we can take some of the methodologies that we used with one industry into a new industry but we still have to we still have to do the research we still have to do the digging we still have to do the interviews we still have to like have a really good understanding of what's working and what's not working before we can make any kind of recommendation because i mean there there's been times where i'm like well hey if ppc is working for you then then that's that what works for you if sending flyers works for you that's what works for you so it, it it just you just in marketing it's just it's so broad right it's so broad
0: right and i also think that another problem is everyone has a definition of marketing yeah. and they think that marketing and advertising are all the same. Mm-hmm. And because when I was in the business, and I say, well, what are you doing? You meet somebody, what do you do marketing? What type of marketing do you do? There is no friggin type of marketing. There's advertising spaces, but it's not a friggin type of marketing. They're asking me basically, what form of advertising do I do? But they're relating that to marketing. And it's so confused. And it's subtle difference. But there is a difference.
1: So advertising is when you spend, I mean, you can summarize that as like, well, you're spending money, right? You can do that for for PPC, so pay per click. I mean, that's that's where you have to input to the machine. So, um, you know, and I think digital marketing is compl- it's just a different beast than marketing. Like people ask me if I'm oh you're in marketing, I'm like no I'm 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 in digital marketing. Like it's we we do we have to do it different because it's it's all digital. It's all like what can we do online, versus marketing can be um, more specific to the customer base and that that client and what's, what's really working in, is it attraction marketing and all the P's of the marketing and all those things. So, I mean, now that I think I I'm really interested in, in what they're, they're starting to actually differentiate marketing and digital marketing, which I think is great. They're actually different. There's different pillars for marketing and then there's different pillars for digital marketing. So
0: that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, digital marketing is its own, it's starting to be its own degree in college. So. Um, which is different than, I mean, marketing is one, but then you have concentrations in in digital marketing. It's kind of like with science. I mean, got I have an environmental science degree and then we had like four, no, I think there was more like six different concentrations because it was just, there was just so many different types of sciences. I mean, you could study biology and ecology, which is the science of, you know, you get the science of animals and the yeah. ecosystems within those. And then, you know, I was soil and water just because that's, that was where more my interest was. So I kind of look at it as more of like marketing is, yes, there's a lot of different ways of doing it, but there really is like these subsets of it too.
0: Yeah. that Yes. Yeah, so your perspective there, it makes actual sense, right? I, I get it more. It's um, but I'm going to digress a bit here and uh, revert back to the original which is you know why I got into marketing uh, or digital marketing and because you got an environmental degree mm-hmm. why didn't you stay into the field
1: the environmental field yeah <laughs> well one it doesn't pay great and two i had children and so what i wanted was i wanted to i wanted something that was from home and i've always been a writer i actually have was published at a young age um i got I got awards in middle school and high school. So, you know, writing was something that I was already great at. And so copywriting was just more of the, it was digital, it was online. And it was more of like how to communicate through writing. And so that was where I started and, you know, you just build from there. But I think for, for a lot of, a lot of people, they're, they're looking for something more flexible, right? More flexibility was important to me. There was an interest there writing was really easy, being able to communicate with people. Um, and then being able to hone that ability to do it online, which is different than in person, of course, right? So so that's kind of where I naturally went. And then the interest kept coming and it kept growing. So we just grow with it.
0: Which brings up the question that why did you take that degree to begin with?
1: Well, as I said, there wasn't a digital marketing degree.
0: <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, well, yeah, but then that just, I mean, it's not a judgment. Like, just, let's be clear. Like no, I'm, I'm in the curiosity stage because at that point in time, if you're taking something you don't want to do, why even go?
1: Well, I don't think you know what you want to do all the time with college. I mean, my husband, he went for mechanical engineering and he decided it just wasn't for him after he had gotten some, some, you know, work in got it. once he had got it. And so what did he do? He was more interested in business. And so he went to um, the Tepper business program, Carnegie Mellon's really prestigious program, And got his mba and now he's a now he's a consultant so and that's you know he likes i mean the money's way better than it would have been if he was an engineer um it's it's really interesting to him he's able to do and look at businesses in a different way he got this amazing education and so i i think it's just people you know bachelor's degrees are great and sometimes you you don't know exactly what it is until you get in there and you start working with it and then you find out now there's so many different choices you can have in fact um my daughters are like I don't even know what to do because there's so many different things to do so
0: right right yeah yeah so i found it fascinating that's why i was asking right it's just like the thought process and so anyways going back i mean into the uh, <laughs> whole uh, marketing thing here now is that when somebody wants to work with you right like what i'm trying to get at is, what is your ideal client right because i mean somebody i mean let's, let's be honest somebody builds a business what do they want more sales what do they want to do grow their business mm-hmm. so it's not like they're going on the line and says how do i grow a business and your name's going to pop up and it's like oh she can grow my business and it, it's there's a process right like like what is your ideal client who's for you and who's not for you?
1: Yeah, so I, I think, and that's like, and that's a really great question too, because I, I think so many times, especially when we we come from with a service heart. So I, I, I've i always done customer service too, you know, waitress and worked for customer service, um, call centers, all that stuff when I was younger. And so I always have this service mentality. Um, but, you know, after 16 years in the business, what I found is I actually, it's just as important that I wanna work with somebody is that they want to work with me because we, there's just, there's so much, there's so much. Um, so what I look for is, I look for a past version of myself in some capacity. So a lot of the people that come in, there's, there's a few things that they, they really want to do. One is that they want to make an impact. So we're influence builder. That's, that's the company and it's about building influence, but it's not about building influence specifically because they want more money or they want to be, um, the only contender. They want to be like the Amazon. What they really want to do is that they have a mission, they have a passion, and they understand that and they want people to they want people to hear them and see them and feel them and and come in if they're like minded. So that's that's really first and foremost, we look for those people who have they have a mission. They they want to make an impact. They're here for more than just um more than just the bottom line. So that's the first thing. Um, The second thing is is that they they know that digital is where they need to go they they need to build out digital and they and they've gotten they've gotten where they are through a lot of different means a lot of different digital means but now they're really looking to to take it and to go bigger so, so we help them with the the growth marketing that they need. We're really big on attraction marketing because it's a, a lot easier to have people come to you than you go and hunt them down. Um, especially if you're building more of an impact and a mission, you 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 are enrolling people in something bigger. And so, so those are the types that we really we really like working with. Now they can they can be anywhere from a solopreneur to um, to 20 team members. That's usually our sweet spot, and it's, it's usually just, it's just bigger than just the bottom line. Yeah.
0: Got it. Now, every venture, every business has their ups and downs. Most people today like the fact that the word entrepreneurship sounds cool. My era, you're an entrepreneur, meant you're an idiot who can find a job. It wasn't the case, but that's the way it was thought of. Today, it's cool and, and people want to do it. They, you know, they got to be happy. They can't just work for somebody. And I'm not criticizing it in the way that, where I'm going with this is, when people take the leap and get into it, that's when they go, oh, there is some hard work in here. There is more than what I thought. In fact, many businesses, you end up working more hours for your business than you did if you were working the nine to five. Mm -hmm. And it's not always what people think it is or what it's cracked up to be. And there's what I call that fear factor, where you get into it and you have that moment where you said, what have I done? Mm -hmm. And I think everybody goes through it. And there's also a moment where you go, okay, I'm on the right path. I doubted myself in the beginning, but I'm on the right path now. And you have that, that's what I call that aha moment and going, okay, I'm where I belong. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Sure, things will change, but at least I'm in the right area. Did you have that aha moment or what was that feeling for you when you did?
1: You know, I think that that aha moment comes every time right before you're about ready to hit your next level. So <laughs> it's not just one, it's, it's I kind of look at this as um, we're, we're kind of, when, when things get really interesting is when you're about ready to up level is what I say. And the aha moment comes in, it comes before that next level. So it's like, am I really doing what I need to be doing? Is this really who I want to be working with? um you know do i need what do i need to change and so i think that the aha moment for me was and i i kind of laugh because i did a podcast interview a couple weeks ago and you know i just i just said it i'm just like i'm just a bad employee i I don't think i can go into corporate and work i i i want to move i want i want to move things forward and he's like did you always know that you wanted to be you know do your own thing and be an entrepreneur i'm like i mean everything that i wanted to do was kind of me building my own thing so there was a part of me that always knew that um i think the aha moments come when it's for me over and over again when just like yeah like this this actually feels like the right way to go and i i'll trust my gut first and then i'll do the logic behind it that's not how everybody works and i get that and i totally appreciate that um but my my gut will tell me to go in a different direction Or it'll tell me to keep going into a direction it'll be what feels good and then and then i look and i assess so i i think that yeah if you're an entrepreneur and you've been doing it for any amount of time and this is why i love working with this is why i love working with people who are more than just it's bigger than the bottom line for them it's the impact because it's the thing that will get you through these these tough spots these moments where you do need an aha or am i in the right direction um because underneath it there's there's a drive there's a natural drive. So yeah, hopefully that answers it. But I don't oh, know how yeah. to stand it besides like, uh, there's multiple aha moments. <laughs> it's yeah, usually a no, no, good true. thing. It's usually a good thing. Is how I look at it now.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's true, though. It is. um If you have one aha moment, that means your business stopped growing. That's yeah. what it comes down to. But I love that. Yeah. So at the same time, there's also challenges that we didn't expect. And, and there's challenges Going throughout the process, it's not like you get over one thing and then everything's good and it never happens again. But my question is when you got into the business, what was the biggest challenge or unexpected
1: event that happened to you? Jeez, oh, geez, there's so many. Um, I think that I think that I was working with a lot of entrepreneurial companies, meaning that it was more freelance in contracts. So I had multiple clients. Um, but it wasn't necessarily my own thing. I was coming in and I was, I was learning and working with them. And the big aha I had was like, you know, I really need to switch from freelance to, to packages because I don't love how I'm spending my hours. And I don't feel like that's conducive to where I'm building. And so that big hop from contractor to freelance, that was That was mind blowing for me because it, it was, it was something completely different than what I had done. Um, and it was the thing that I needed to do to up level, but yet it was an unknown, right? And whenever there's an unknown human behavior dictates that we get scared or we second guess, or, um, that we take, you know, we lose money or all these different things. And so I, I did find that that transition was the most challenging and it was also early on. But once I did that, once I started to see that the packages and um, more of, instead of just the fees, the hourly fees, and more of like, we're going to do this amount of work for you, and this is the price of it, um, it was, everything started to grow so much faster. And my time was mine. I owned my own time. I made my own schedule. And so that was a big difference.
0: Makes sense. Now, I noticed by uh, looking on your uh, page and stuff, that uh, you had a 40 under 40 in a magazine. Yep,
1: yeah, I got I've been I've been featured a lot this year. It's been a big year for for um for me and, and my company because of it. Yeah.
0: Fantastic, right? So, how did that come about?
1: Somebody messaged me <laughs> and <laughs> asked me to be in. Like, we love what you're doing and I'm like, that's great. And so, um but that that was that was great, so that was I think I believe that came in on Instagram and so did that and then because i use disruption a lot in the content that i put especially on linkedin linkedin is like my my big platform i got top 20 female disruptors to look out for in 2023 um and then recently um linkedin actually i'm I'm one of the top digital marketing linkedin voices um because of how i've been contributing to on linkedin on the platform so it's just it's it's been kind of crazy all the things that are coming in and and i will say i I, I can't pinpoint exactly why. What I can say, it's because I've been showing up consistently for years and honing my skills. So, I mean, if I tell anybody that, I'm like, just keep honing your skills and just keep sharing a lot of value and building, like build your platforms. Every, people, people notice. You may not know they notice. Eventually, you will.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, kudos to you for that. And noticing that, like like I said, you're in the digital marketing space right and let's be honest in every business there's something we really love and we're really like we have talents and we have stuff that it's one of those things that we can do but we don't necessarily enjoy doing Mm -hmm. so my question is out of all the things in your daily task what do you enjoy the most and what do you love to delegate
1: yeah so and that's a that's a i mean for anybody that hasn't done this when things get busy you kind of you have to learn delegation and that list comes up pretty quick quick of like what don't i like and what do i like um and so what what i really like is i really like to see transformation Like I like to see where companies or even the solopreneurs, I like to see where they start out and where they're going in to be a part of that process. And it's so interesting because I, I knew that I did this, but I didn't know that this was something that a lot of other digital marketing agency owners do. And I talked with a one, Three weeks ago and he had sold his digital marketing agency at two co-founders and he's like yeah but once you get once you pass off the work so like the implementation work what you end up doing is being more customer facing and funny enough when you're customer facing and when you're working on bigger projects like this you end up being their their soundboard. you end up being almost a therapist <laughs> you know and i mean they do I, I'm not a therapist, and I don't pretend to be, and I tell them, but what they're looking for is someone to say, you can do this, or, you know, well, what's coming up for you? And so, it's very interesting. So, I, so as I grow, it's more about being that, that front-facing CEO, offering a ton of value um, for the attraction marketing, passing off the implementation, the task pieces to the team. Um, and even having a project manager come in and and manage the team and then being client facing and keeping the client, you know, happy with what's going on, but also just, just you know helping them build so that leadership piece is huge too you know everyone thinks that everyone thinks that ceos have it so together and they they, <laughs> they they know exactly what they're doing and and everything's on purpose and i'm I'm here to tell you that they're just as human as the rest of us the same with the the celebrities and the professional athletes that i'm that i'm interviewing is that they're just as human as the rest of us and so it, it just it, it i i like to i like that piece of it and i like to showcase that piece of it Um, because then it lets everyone else see just what you can achieve and that there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to feel like a fraud. Everybody has a starting place. It's really about enjoying the process and the journey rather than just trying to race to that outcome, maybe to the iPad at the end of the race. right? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> awesome. Now, I also believe that um, schedules can be hectic and all over the place, but I believe that people start that hectic and all over the place in the beginning. But the ones that do the do the track or the long term, the long track, as I call it, tend to be more organized. And it doesn't necessarily mean organized as in, you know, papers here, or papers there, this and that. Sometimes you have uh, what I call disorganized, organized. But what I mean by that is, is by your schedule, usually a person knows, like, for example, for myself, you can ask me what I'm doing three weeks from now in a particular date and time. And I could tell you, and it's not just something that I woke up and said, what should I do today? So I'm going to guess that you have some form of system that plans your day out or know what you're doing. And you don't just wake up and decide. Now let's be clear. Even when you do have a schedule, things come up and things change, but at least we have a direction. So what does your typical day look like?
1: Yeah, and that's that's really great. And so it's it's just it's just a practice, right? So, you know, as more as you grow bigger, I think the first thing that I that I recommend to everybody is just just get into some kind of a mindset practice. So I I get up I get up early, you know, not as early as like 4:30 in the morning, but I'm up at 5:30 and the first thing i do is i i do i meditate <laughs> i meditate so 5 30 to 6 it's meditation um at 6 to 6 30 it's journaling you know then 6 30 to 7 soon it'll be getting the kids ready for school because they go in it they go to the bus at seven so but right now in the summer times it's usually that i you know, I extend my journaling and I do more reading. So during the summer months, that's what I do. Um, then kids come into play and then it's just getting ready for the workday. And so by eight o'clock, I'm, I'm usually ready for my first, my first calls, or I'll go in with my social media team and and we'll discuss like what we're going to do for that day, especially because I like to actually change things up based on what I'm seeing. And it's, it's just part of it's just part of the viral marketing piece where if something's relevant, then it's then you don't wait, you actually jump in. And so if we have any changes, then I have some time between eight and nine if I don't have a call. But yeah, then we have everything set up b- between customer calls and then sales calls because I do take most of the sales calls. And so by two thirty, I'm usually done, and then I'll come back on at eight after kiddos are in bed and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Wait a minute, you work past five?
1: Uh, I work. <laughs> I stop at 2.30 and then I do kids stuff and then yes, I. hey, it's busy, it's busy and we're growing. So, you know, from eight to 10, I usually will put in a couple more hours, but that's usually my research time or just catching up on emails so that I don't, I didn't miss anything that I had to do. Um, but I also like to keep up to date. That's the other thing. Of is, course. I like to keep up to date on everything that's going on with the platforms and because it helps with, it it really does help with how you're able to, you know, nurture your following and to give them a lot of value and to know that they don't have to actually keep up with everything if they're following you with you because you're keeping up with it, so.
0: Love that. Now, the thing that caught my attention the most and what I like the most is the fact that you start your day off with what I call self-care. And I think that's so important and that's usually When we start off our entrepreneurial journey before we get ourselves organized and do what I call being intentional, we tend to let our health go and we uh, tend to let ourselves go. It's like we sacrifice ourselves for everything else. Then at somewhere along the line we catch on and hopefully course correct. And it looks like uh, you got a great schedule for that.
1: I had to. I had to. It's, it's, uh, don't think that I wasn't that person too. I was. And, um, you know, and I, so I, okay, so this actually, it's funny because this is part of the environmental background. A lot of people, a lot of people like to think of themselves as the rock in the family, right? I'm the rock. I'm the solid one. I've got it all together. I don't have to take care of myself because I'm the rock. And for years, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking of myself. But there's, there's different types of rocks. So if you think of some of the rocks that are, that are the, more narrow ones, shales, what it is, and so it actually is not breaking the same way if you were to take a hammer at a round rock, but it's it gets a lot loaded on top of it, and so it's the layers that actually start cracking and breaking. And so when I ever I hear somebody, I'm the rock, and I'm just like, yeah, what kind of rock are you? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you are you the one that's actually breaking underneath? into the different layers because you just can't keep it all together and because everybody's and there's so much pressure on you that you're actually cracking within the inside or are you the rock that um is rounded and you know well formed and you know it's going to take it's going to take a hammer or an act of god to break you i mean but that's kind of the way that i look at you know entrepreneurship and most of us do start off you know with that thinner shale rock and breaking and so and then we we smarten up and we, we understand that we can't do everything. And, you know, it's one of the things where it's like, you're like super mom. like, no, I'm not, <laughs> don't, no, I'm not even gonna no, I'm not. <laughs>
0: um, never call me that again. <laughs> never
1: call me that again. My girls can call me and they give me stuff. And I love that they do that. And I can be that for them, but you know, I don't want people to think that, that this is, I don't want to lie. Like I don't want to be inauthentic and like, this is always together. That would be, I mean, who is right, but it does take a lot of work. It does take that, that mindfulness and you kind of have to go through, you have to go through the hard in order to understand, like, I need to make some changes, right? Like the aha moments. So I definitely had one of those a few times, a few times. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: Love that. Now I'm going to get down to the last couple of questions before I go into what I call the lightning round. So second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day?
1: So every day is a successful day. (laughs) this is what I tell everybody I'm like every day is I mean and and that's another that's another self-care thing is just looking at the day and just like did you did you show up yeah I showed up I mean if I got out of bed I showed up and so if I do that it's a successful day so every day is a successful day
0: love that okay last but not least for someone who's looking for you and wants to uh, interact with you or is interested in your services or whatever where do they find you
1: you know the best place to to find me and actually talk to me is LinkedIn. This is what I tell everybody. You can go to the website, but you're not going to be able to get a hold of me. Um, so LinkedIn is it's Danielle Fitzpatrick Clark. You guys can search me up. I am the only one for now. Hopefully, fingers crossed, unless somebody decides to hack me and you know AI my voice. Um, but for now, <laughs> on LinkedIn, I'm the only one.
0: Fantastic, awesome. Let's get into the lightning round and a few fun questions. Which question number one is? What is your favorite food and why?
1: That is a good question. I love tomatoes. (laughs) I love tomatoes. Um, We had a, I grew up on a farm and, you know, that was the, that in Northern Maine. So it was cold. There was only a few things that grew like really big and our tomatoes would always grow really big. And so I just, have always loved tomatoes because we grew them. We grew them organic.
0: I love it. I love tomatoes too, Um, especially in salads. Like, i like to make my own little salad right like i have tomatoes cucumbers onions and uh, green peppers with some feta cheese and love it and uh yeah tomatoes is like the highlight so But I mean, when you said tomatoes, I'm going to say, do you like throwing them or eating them? But
1: (laughs) well, if we threw them, it was because they were rotten and they went to the pigs. Exactly. Rotten tomatoes. (laughs) Rotten tomatoes go to the pigs. And so the cycle continues, (laughs) right?
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the next one is uh, travel. Where, what is your favorite destination and why? Oh,
1: geez. You know, I haven't traveled a lot and I... And that's funny because I want to, <laughs> but, I <got> married. <laughs> but I got married really young and I had kids really young and so, and so it's to be determined, but so far my favorite place has been Turks and Caicos. I loved, I loved the island. It was, it was a wonderful trip. Me and my family went on. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. I hear good things about it. I've never been. and I think I should go.
1: It's I, I highly recommend it. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Third is going to be, what is your favorite? podcast or book
1: yeah okay Jeez, i like so many of them you know what i have been loving jasmine stars podcast um she is a fen- jazz yeah yeah jasmine star she's amazing and so and i just and it's so funny because she says this is who i can this is who i like to talk to and so for season three has been incredible um but yeah she's scrappy and she knows herself and she's and she's not afraid to to just be very authentic and i love that um
0: yeah yeah exactly she tells it how it is good or bad
1: yep and you don't have to you don't have to like her either <laughs> and she's <laughs> perfectly okay with that and i i think that that's just for from the way that i see it i'm like this is this is more of what the world needs
0: yeah see i i, I agree i like that show as well it's one of my podcasts that i listen to and i i do like sort of a similar thing it's just like i like the fact that you know what she's open about the mistakes she made in the beginning of her uh you know of her uh, adventure you know or you know her creation should i say it's you know she's completely open about the mistakes the hurdles she went through some of the things she's realized and learned throughout and you know i mean it's uh doesn't try to portray that uh, perfection image that uh i'm perfect i've never made a mistake i've never had a learning lesson and you know what i mean like like she just tells it how it is i love that
1: yeah and and she she also knows i she didn't come right out and say this but i think that she she really does like to talk about the mindset piece too and the resiliency it takes because it, it's not that it's not that everybody can't do what they want to do they can there's just there's a shift that Happens, and so she's she's kind of got that internal gauge of, I decided I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, or you know, she's got a great story about when her mom was was going, she had, she had second round of chemo for brain chemo, cancer, yeah. right, and so she was saying one of the things that her mom said there was what she regretted was the things that she didn't do, and so that was that was a catalyst, and I think she probably would have been the type to do it anyway, even without, but that moment was her aha moment and moving forward. And so that's just, that's her code. That's her code. That's what she lives by. And so I find it fascinating. And I think it, I think that, you know, people are just really lucky. They get to, to listen in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the benefit of podcasting now is you get that, be that little fly in the wall. Right. (laughs) Right. Awesome. All right. Last but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but you were only given 48 hours to spend it, what you spend you get to keep, what you don't spend gets taken away, what would you do?
1: Oh, geez. Uh, You know, I'm not much of a spender. I usually give it to my husband and my kids, and then they know what I like. And so that's, that's kind of, that's a tough question. So if I was to, if I was to actually you know take a moment just like ooh, am i going to get myself something i well now i want to get the i want to get the mic that you have so that would be one <laughs> <laughs> <There> <laughs> so that's go. the first one um but i probably would go for a shopping spree on amazon knowing that it would be here you know before the end of 48 hours and get all the things i need for podcasting and you know all the supplies i need for my business and you know i will say i'll probably get some spa stuff but that's 48 hours is just, I, I like to make informed decisions. So I'm like, okay, so then it would have to be all the things that I could get on Amazon.
0: <laughs> well, remember, I, I said you had to spend it and not get it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know if I could make a decision that quickly on what I wanted. So maybe, but the, the first thing that comes to mind is that that podcast might now, now that now that you told me about it, now I want it. So yeah.
0: There we go. There we go. Anybody looking to give out uh, free gifts to uh, Danielle, send her the podcast mic.
1: <laughs> send me the good one because I have three that don't work very well. Yeah.
0: So everyone well, knows it's the sure SM7B. Yeah. And if you don't know what it's looks like it looks like, look at this podcast. And if you're listening to it on audio, just follow Joe Rogan, the mic he's using. Yeah. It's the same one.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're the second person in two weeks to tell me this is the mic to go with. I'm like, okay, we're the mouth marketing right there. I, I'm sold. <laughs>
0: Exactly. So awesome. Danielle, thank you so much. This has been amazing.
1: Yeah, Thanks for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Absolute pleasure. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the Jan Papaloni Show.